Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Uh, hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Bubbly. The only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here on YouTube. This isn't going up till Sunday. That meme's going to be so dead by then. Oh, yes. Anyways, uh, welcome back to Mad Chat. It's Sunday. That means it's Mad Chat. And uh, this, of course, is the show where we look to our patrons, $20 and up a month, for you to send in your video question right here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. And we answered that question. We're also available in the audio realm. So if you like a podcast, guess what? We're a podcast. You can yeah. get us wherever you listen to podcasts. It's great. Yeah. yeah so um, anyways... Got a lot of great questions, of course. We do. Uh, it has been a heavy news week. All Elite Wrestling champion, crowned, title, lost, stolen, found, brought back, side of the road, evidently. Yes, yes All sorts apparently. of stuff going on. But, uh, uh, of course, uh, what is this? Hell in a Cell is coming up in the WWE after Clash of Champions. Yes. Larson. And uh, there's a rumor going around that The Fiend is going to be challenging whoever comes out of Clash of Champions. Not a rumor. It was from the Golden One Center's Twitter account. That's the venue here in Sacramento where Hell in a Cell's uh, taking place. Generally speaking, venues will tweet out whatever rumor they've heard from their marketing team at WWE. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Gatlin T has a question about that, Larson. Yeah. Let's see what he has to say. Yes. Stephen Larson, this is the Firefly Funhouse's newest puppet, Gatlin T. And with the news coming out that The Fiend might be challenging for the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell, I want you guys to debate. Steve, I want you to say why he should. And Larson, I want you to say why he shouldn't. And I want you guys to both agree when he actually should. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Gatlin T. Thank you, Gatlin T. Steve, please kick us off. So, like, my my inclination is to say, no, he shouldn't, but... You've been tasked to say yes. I mean, look, what? It's it's been a very long time. It has been a very long time. I can't... I don't even know when the last time this happened. When... And granted, I know The Fiend is is, is Bray Wyatt. It's not new. Yeah. But it's a, it's a very, very new iteration of Bray Wyatt. I mean, his, his re-debut as The Fiend was as Calabacian as it gets. Um, so what better way? I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen somebody debut or a repackage of somebody come in and instantly win the top prize in wrestling. Yeah. I think Bray Wyatt on Raw this past Monday uh, said it best when he stuffed a $100 bill down Vince McMahon's throat. Arguably, him winning the Universal Championship immediately uh, would create tons of buzz 
generate lots of money. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it could be a risky, but really interesting move. The uh, I guess I guess the argument for him winning the universal title at Hell in a Cell, I, I'd have to look at what would happen if he did challenge for it and didn't win it. At this point, it feels like they're they're past a certain point of no return because the only other option is for him to lose. And he, they, he really should not be losing anything right now. The only other option is for him to win. So that's going to be why. They've already dug themselves in the hole of referencing the Universal Championship. <clears throat> Just give him the title. Why not? Just yeah, if it. he's in the match, he needs to win it. Yeah. You can't have him t- pick up an L so soon after his re-debut. Um, because then you're, you're going back to the issue they had with his match against Cena at Mania, which he should have won. Let me add one more thing. Sorry, not mm. to cut you off from your point. But... It would also send a strong, strong signal that WWE isn't playing around when it comes to Bray Wyatt. A lot of people are really upset about, or very disappointed rather, that they seem to leave so much money on the table with Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he, you know, he's been teased at that title. He had a short title run, which really wasn't that great. It culminated in that terrible Mania match with Randy Orton and yeah. the projection stuff. This could symbolize. This could be a signal to those fans. Hey, we've got some cool stuff. We're treating Bray Wyatt the way he should be treated. Sorry, go ahead. Anyways. Um, I don't disagree with any of that. However, I do feel like it's a bit too soon to put that belt on Bray. He's had one match. Yeah. Um, since re-debuting as Fiend, um, it's let him build up. People love it. They love the gimmick. They love the music. Everything about it. Firefly Funhouse is awesome. Everything about this repackaged Bray is great. But there's no reason to rush anything. Yeah. Um, give him a couple more feuds. Uh, and if they like do this at Mania, mm-hmm. you know, um, have them have this huge moment for himself and for the fiend at Mania, where there's more eyeballs on the product. If you really want to make a huge star out of Bray Wyatt, have him win the title at Mania when everybody in the wrestling world is watching. Don't do it at a B level pay per view. Well, one argument for doing it at a B-level pay-per-view, number one, Hell in a Cell, yes, it's a B-level pay-per-view, but it's not as B-level as, I don't know, Stomping Grounds, for example. Um, One argument for that is we've seen the kind of reaction he got in a really cool scenario with Finn Balor where he like broke his neck and all that cool Mm -hmm, stuff. mm -hmm. Um, See if it's maybe... I know putting the Universal title on him is as real as it gets, but see if that reaction would be just as much... Uh, at stakes, a pay-per-view. The stakes are lower at Hell in a Cell. They're really big at Mania. Yeah. Um, he's hot right now. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. The thing that I do kind of appreciate right now about the Universal Championship is that title, could, like, it, it creatively speaking, I don't get the feeling that it's going to stay on Seth for, like, Ever like Roman when he had it, it was like, man, that title ain't yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. With Seth, I still kind of get that feeling, but it's not nearly as cemented, especially knowing that Paul Heyman's in charge. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, if they put the t- the universal title on Bray, it probably means that creatively we're looking at a collaborative process between him and Paul Heyman, which is pretty exciting. I think they do some pretty interesting stuff with it. Um, so I'm for it. I agree with you that it seems soon. Yeah. But. I guess if, you want to generate some buzz. If they gen- want to generate some buzz, and if they execute it in a really cool way, I'm I'm all about it, man. I think it'd be great. It'd be exciting. I just it would just feel rushed. It wouldn't feel. And granted, I know Bray's been around forever, but there there this seems to be 
So most more story you can tell with Bray before getting that belt. Mm-hmm. That's just my feeling. Yeah. Um, you know me. I I, I I like things to take their time. Yeah. To build until yeah. things almost seem inevitable. They just don't seem that great at building stuff. No. You know. So, Not at all. So yeah, I don't know. I'm for it because it's something different and uh, and it could be interesting. But that your your reservation is my is my only reservation. Is it feels a little soon, but at the same time, there's no time like the present. I guess. Here, well, here's an issue too with without a, a a build, a real build. It's like okay, Fiend debuts, has one match, win, wins title, like in the span of two matches at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like what's next for him? Yeah. So that's kind of it. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll put it this way. I don't know, but I do have faith in the creative behind The Fiend. Mm-hmm. So I would be willing to accept that more than more than him going out there and taking an L. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah, if he's in the match. Because it seems like, it seems like something something along those lines is inevitable at this point. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting. Like even even if he's in the match and there's some wonky finish who doesn't win, even that's going to feel like a letdown. Mm-hmm. If he's in that match and doesn't win, it's going to feel like, oh, same old Bray. I know. No, I agree totally. So that's yeah. why I'm not sure why they even. I don't know if they're running with this because Golden One made a mistake. I don't know. I, don't know I really don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Uh, next, we got a question from Jacksonville's number one, and this guy is battling hurricanes as we speak, Larson. Yeah. Let's see what Guillaume Halili has to say. Hey, friendos, this is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Guillaume Halili, back with another Matt Chat question for the week. Uh, as you can see, I'm outside during the hurricane here in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm staying safe. I'm working on my Ed Edwards impression, so that'll be next week. This week, my question is, what's one small tweak AEW can make to make itself completely, completely different from WWE? And, you know, come up with something. Um, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Too sweet, hearty handshake. You guys are amazing. I'm going to go in because the wind's picking up. Later, guys. Thank you, Guillaume. Thank you, Guillaume. All right, if you want to do a really small tweak, yeah, it's sure. real simple. Yeah. Shoot your show in 24 frames a second. Yeah, sure. That's the explain, like, explain to the other. Not everybody right. knows what that means, So, so typical, uh, the, the, the NTSC broadcast format of, for frame rate is 29.97 frames per second. What you That's see, television. What you see on TV, uh, what you see on WWE right now. Is 30 frames a second. And that dictates what the motion looks like. Yes. Whereas for film, traditionally in film cameras, it's 24 frames a second, unless you're over in Europe where it's 25. If you take a look at a movie and you take a look at sports on TV, they the motion looks different. Film looks more cinematic uh, and sports is meant to capture more of the detail in the motion. That's pretty the much, point pretty of much. it. Different, uh, different standards because... Uh, uh, I think basically because of electrical currents. That's why that's why TV I think is at thirty frames. When YouTube went to say, oh, so gamers will know what sixty frames is, for example. That's when it's like super. You can it's it's There's so basically weird. no motion blur. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the deal. So you're saying you would like you think that one small tweak would be make it a bit more flip cinematic. Flip the switch on the camera and make it yeah. twenty four frames and make it a, a bit more cinematic. Whereas. Like if I have any beef right now with AEW's television. Uh, production thus far it almost looks a bit too slick yeah it looks very slick okay um i don't i'm not a huge fan of wb's constant crass zooms and wiggly cameras but at least they're trying to give it a bit more make it not as slick you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah there's kind of like a, 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 a docu style yeah the handheld feel a lot of crass zooms and stuff 
I'm not huge into it because I think it distracts in the end from what's going on in the ring. And I appreciate the All Elite just wants to focus on what's going on in the ring and not distract from mm-hmm. it with a bunch of stylistic camera tricks. Yeah. That being said, if they just if they made the presentation a bit more cinematic, um, um, there's been a few times where 205 Live it looked like they were experimenting with that kind of stuff, shallower depth of field, different frame rates, different shutter angles. Did you see the uh, the little uh, takeover package they put together this week on UK, uh, where they filmed it with? Some sort of fancy camera. Was it the Prime Target one or whatever it was called? Maybe that was the one in advance of Takeover. No, 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 no. This was like a montage of stuff that was actually happening at Takeover. It's just it was filmed with a completely different. You know, you know how they do that for Mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a thirty-five millimeter, not that, but they'll bring in like bring in yeah, like super nice camera. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and we heard that uh, WWE and Fox are experimenting new cameras. Yeah, with some new cameras for SmackDown on Fox. That'll be interesting to see. If what what happens with that on UK this week also they had like some post takeover locker room stuff mm-hmm. where Gallus was hanging out and you know they were sort of there's, talking amongst themselves. There's one with Mustache Mountain that has a really shallow depth of field. Yeah, really and well then done. the one with Gallus was also on a fancier camera, and then they mm-hmm. cut to to Mastiff backstage, and that was on a normal camera. Yeah, no, you can really tell a difference. You, you can't. You totally you can. can. You can. And so yeah, it would be one just looks like a movie, and the other looks like a sports thing. And if they moved that, the, if they used the cameras that looked more like a movie, even if they just got fancier cameras, as opposed to just like the same cameras to flip the switch, which you can totally do. If you got fancier cameras, then you will completely like change your product completely from a different WWE thing. That's what I have. I just have different cameras. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, another small thing they could do to completely make it different from WWE, keep the press conferences. Um, I, I oh, really, I really like those. Yeah. I like those because they also use those to get some story going on. Yeah. You know, Pac showed up at Hangman Page's yeah, 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 press yeah. conference. Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, so yeah, and that kind of fits into what else I have here is, is, is change how they do backstage stuff because what we've seen so far as yeah. presented on the show is typical interviews, promo type stuff. And granted, they've done some cold opens that were a, a bit more cinematic in, t- in terms of how they were shot, but. I keep on going back to the, 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 in my mind, basically the one thing TNA did right was the fly on the wall stuff backstage. Oh, I know. It was awesome. Do that kind of stuff. I know. It's, 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 it's just a, a, a change in blocking how you set up the scene. You, yeah, I know. You, yeah. Yeah, It's totally. not a huge thing. Totally. It's not a huge difference. Rather, you know, like WWE, when they have a conversation between two people, they're standing next to each other usually, kind of three quarters at most towards camera. Just shoot that like you would any scene in a movie. Are there any? I'm, I'm looking. I'm thinking of NXT right now. Because, like, okay, so in TNA, they did, like, the uh, the fly-in-the-wall stuff. In NXT, do we ever get any private conversations between roster members? Like, WWE, that, that infuriates me. They have private, com- like, what should be private conversations where you're talking to somebody and you're either going over a game plan or you're revealing something about, and anybody who's watching, on like, within the universe, within kayfabe, all you got to do is turn on the show, is go backstage and watch a monitor, and you can see them talking about you, and now yeah. you're clued in on their gameplay. Yeah, I hate strategy. that so much. Yeah, I know. With TNA, the way they did it, it felt more like a docu-style movie exactly. where there's a camera back there, and they're zooming in, and they're capturing the audio also. And so it was like we said, fly on the wall. That's what we mean when we say that. Um, NXT doesn't really do the unmotivated cameraman is what I call it. It's just a camera that really shouldn't be there because yeah. it's like capturing a conversation that should be private. I mean, XD does a much better job of motivating camera stuff. Like sometimes it'll accidentally capture something. Yeah, yeah, like sometimes there'll be 
will be in the PC. People are training. Something happens in the back background. That background action becomes I love foreground that. action. I mean, that it's great. Stuff. Yeah, that stuff's really good. It's great. And um, so, yeah, AEW should. I mean, just get rid of the 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 stuff where it's too big of a suspension of disbelief. Get rid it's of it. It's just that. relying on the the wrestling tropes established by WWE. Mm-hmm, yeah. Promos and interviews all kind of blocked the same. Like, I was kind of disappointed. I think it was, was it Double or Nothing? I forget which one it was, where they had, like, the librarian yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, That was just an interview, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not I'm not into that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, interviews are fine, but I don't know. I just just don't be goofy. Well, if you're going to do that, then, then I know NXT kind of does it, but do a media scrum. Mm-hmm. Just do a worked one. Yeah, I know, exactly. And film it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all about presentation. Yes, man. it's all about presentation. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Uh, next question from Rich. Friendos, Rich the Smash Bro here with another Match Act question. In six months from now, let's say... Going past the Rumble into Mania, who do you see as the top four stars, meaning the two women's champions and the Universal and the WWE champion? I personally have no idea with the way they've been booking things. Maybe they'll lead to a four-horsewomen fatal four-way, but right now you only have one face, and that's Becky. Everyone else is heel. So just curious. Let me know what you think, guys. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Rich. So, I'm going to say, I think that the Seth Braun thing happening now, given that it's, it's, it's the centerpiece of Raw, Paul Heyman's in charge there, um, that sort of maybe speaks to me that uh, uh, Paul 
Heyman might be a Braun Strowman guy. He might see the value in him, and he might see something he can do with him. And maybe this Seth Braun thing could turn into a long-term deal, um, and we'll have you know Braun basically turn on Seth. No, I'm not saying like a heel turn, but something similar to what we're kind of seeing with Bailey a little bit right now. It's like, yeah, it's a heel turn, but she's got her motivations, and people like it. And so that's what it might be with Braun. I could see him picking up the Universal Championship, maybe heading into Mania, maybe at the Rumble or Survivor Series, perhaps. Um, I'm not sure how The Fiend fits in. Maybe they'll do like an extended three-way story between Braun, Mm -hmm. Seth, and The Fiend. That could be cool. There's a lot of history between all those guys. Yep. Um, So that's who I see carrying the Universal title into Mania. Maybe Braun Strowman. Like, the odds are probably Seth, but you had that answer, so I'm just going to go with Braun. Uh, I will steal your answer, though. Brock Lesnar, I think that when SmackDown on Fox comes around, they're going to want some Brock. Yep. I think uh, if this uh, rumor is true about uh, the the new draft coming up, I think Raw will probably get... Roman and Seth, SmackDown get Brock. Or Raw will get... Uh, they'll have the two big guys they have now. They have Seth and Braun there, Roman and Brock. That seems kind of... That seems... Yeah. There's some parody there. Well, for our from our perspective, uh, whether network agrees or we, not. No idea. No idea. It's something else entirely. Uh, and then uh, I've got Sasha picking up that title from Becky at some point between now and Mania. And Bailey, her best friend, keeping that SmackDown Women's Championship, heading into Mania. That's what I've got. Uh, I got Seth holding on to that Universal title. I don't feel that great about it, but... I yeah. feel that to me, that's like a sixty percent, sixty yeah. or seventy yeah. percent chance. I think it's a pretty. good I feel chance. like Brock getting that WWE title is like an eighty percent. It's got to be a lock. Point. I'm gonna say Becky's walking into Mania with that Rawlins Championship still because I think the end game for this whole Sasha Bailey thing isn't so much Sasha taking the belt long term from Becky. I think it's Sasha feuding with Bailey mm-hmm. um, long term, leading into Mania, which they'll probably have the four way with the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. Because that's something we still haven't gotten on the main roster. We haven't gotten Sasha versus Bailey in the main roster yet. Interesting. Have not gotten it. Yeah. After sense. they put put on two classics in NXT, yeah. haven't got that in the main roster yeah. yet. And I think if they use that, say they have a match, uh, Sasha and Bailey at Rumble, mm-hmm, yeah, leading up to Mania, mm-hmm. where you get all four of them involved, that could be, as Vince Vince would say, some good stuff. Some good light profanity. Yes. So those are my picks. We'll see how close we are. All right, we got another Matt Chat question from Wong Choco. Wong News. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah. Greeting, friendos. This is the non-news intro Mark Wong Choco coming at you with another Matt Chat question. Um, so I'm thinking about Bailey right now and how her supposed heel turn has basically made her like the biggest face on the roster now. Um, and just kind of like in a broader sense how – Right now, for wrestlers, it's kind of hard to be a true face or a true heel because to the WWE, a heel is a person who does cool things uh, like Bailey or Becky with her heel turn last year. And a face is just a super nerd like Seth Rollins, who, I mean, frankly, I'm tired of him. Um, so I'm just wondering, uh, in your opinion, what's the best way in today's wrestling to for heels to be true heels? And for faces to be true faces, or what may be the answer, um, is that over? Is there no such thing as a face or heel anymore? And it's just, you know, this is a guy who people cheer, and this is a guy who people boo, and it's just, you know, there, there's no clear heel face divide. Anyway, just looking to hear your opinions on the matter. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Have a good one. Thank you, Wong. Thank you, Wong. All right, I'll go first. All right. 
Yes, it is becoming more difficult for real heels and baby faces, really for real heels to exist. Because yeah, people like to see other people do cool stuff, and generally speaking, bad guys get to do really cool, fun things. So it is a bit on the difficult side. Even, even a guy who, until very recently, I thought there was no chance that people would start coming around to just enjoying his work. Baron Corbin put on a stellar match with Cedric Alexander this past week on Raw. And I saw Twitter was all abuzz starting to come out of the woodwork praising Baron Corbin. Uh, so... Yeah, it is more difficult. It is way more difficult. <laughs> what do you have Fans to say? Fans nowadays are more aware of the inner workings of wrestling. So a lot of the popular conventions used by faces and heels to get themselves over as faces or heels aren't as effective now because we know what's really going behind on behind all that. So what WB does to try to get a heel over is just insult the crowd. And it's lazy. You know, yeah, I think... Sorry, I'm going to cut you off there. But I'm thinking of, of people in WWE or under their umbrella that I think actually are effective heels. And I know I, some people probably disagree with me on this one. But so Walter, for example. Especially because every, a lot of the other competitors in in UK, especially the ones he's faced, like Tyler Bate, of course, that 40-minute amazing match, is a smaller guy who's very relatable, trying to bring down this giant mountain of a human being. And it's obvious that Walter can just, Walt, several times during the match, multiple times, he just chops down Tyler Bate to size, you know? Yeah, Wal Walter's probably the best heel on the WWE umbrella right because now. Because when he does cool stuff, it makes me hate him more. And I want to see somebody beat him up because it would be weird and awesome. Well, he's huge. He's scary. We saw him uh, beat up students of his at his wrestling school. Yeah. Um, he's got... Not only is he extremely large and scary and really good, he's got three other guys that have his back that are also really good. And they all, all of them, like Marcel Bartel, uh, uh, Fabian Eichner, and, all, e and even Wolf, they all have like naturally arrogant yeah, faces. Yeah, exactly. It, it just seems natural. They, they all just, seem naturally arrogant. Like you want to go up to them and like try to be cool, but they're just going to be jerks to you. Yeah. That just, that it's so thick. And, Top of that, then what do they have him do to sort of instigate the Tyler Bate stuff? Is they have him powerbomb Trent Seven into oblivion, mm -hmm. and he doesn't stop until the ref literally has to get in there and make him stop. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of scary. He's like the closest thing there is in wrestling to like an Anton Chigurh, mm -hmm. who like as a character, it's like, oh man, I can't wait to see this guy because uh, uh, Javier Bardem just chews up the scene. Like he's got that thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But he's terrifying. Yes. He and when he's hunting down. Uh, Thanos, you just want to be like, dude, like you want to see him die. You want to see somebody, and he never gets his comeuppance. Nope. He never does. Nope. He's a force of nature. And that's what Walter is. He's kind of the closest thing to a force of nature. Of course, there's Brock Lesnar yeah, as well. Yeah, we've seen him booked effectively as a force of nature, and that sure. kind of comes and goes based on who his opponent is. You sort of, with Brock Lesnar, it's sort of lost a little bit of its luster once you started cluing into the fact that this guy is kind of just here to... Get a paycheck. Because he couldn't get he a squashed, better deal from UFC. When he squashed John Cena. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. And they try to book him. But here's the issue with Brock, though, is, is they try to book him as terrifying monster, but he starts crossing the line to doing cool stuff. Yeah, um, true. We saw with Braun Strowman and his feud against Roman, they were booking him as a monster who was super destructive. Mm -hmm. Problem was, him doing super destructive stuff was awesome. Yeah, I know. Dumping over a, 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 a semi-truck. Yeah. Awesome. It was just really cool. Just doing all sorts of awesome stuff. Yeah. People want to see wrestlers do awesome things. Mm-hmm. 
And when they do it, the crowd is going to cheer. Yep. Yep. Um, Baron is the closest thing we may have on the main. No, Smojo. If only Smojo won matches, he would be the closest thing on main roster we have to a Walter. Yeah. He's not quite as physically imposing as Walter, but his general uh, presence definitely makes up for whatever he may lack in stature. Yeah, that would totally be true. The only problem is they've booked him to be so vulnerable. I know. That's the, that's the thing. If yeah. that weren't the case, Samoa Joe could totally be... He could totally do it. But yeah, they, they, I've seen way too many times of small guys rolling him up. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's the same with Baron. Baron could be that. Because mm. not only does he have... Because the way he carries himself is naturally kind of arrogant. Mm-hmm. If he weren't kind of goofy about it, though... Yeah, I know. He's kind of goofy, and he kind of sometimes comes off as a, as a bit of a dullard. Yeah. Yeah. Which is endearing as a character. Yes. That's the problem. You don't really want endearing. No. You want terrifying. You had Daniel Bryan, who was a really good heel. Still Way is really too good. entertaining. But he's wildly entertaining, I know. Same with Way Kevin Owens could be a really good heel. Way too entertaining. Way too entertaining. Uh, Andrade's a pretty good heel. See, Walter's never really entertaining. He uh, I puts mean, on uh, amazing matches. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's entertaining. I like seeing him chop the hell out of people. Yeah, but it's scary. It's just scary. I know. It's scary. There's a difference there. I mean, I'm entertained by it. Yeah. It's, it's like watching a horror movie. It's scary. It is, no, it is, but you're, but you're scared. The same reason I, I, I enjoy Minoru Suzuki's work so much. Oh, he's goofy, though. He can be, but he's, he's be really scary. Yeah, he's goofy. Really scary. Walter's scary, though. Yeah, he's legit scary. Uh, next, got a question from Christopher Rampersad. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, why is it that all four members of the Four Horsemen have the same gimmick, but apparently, like, they're women on edge, they're women with an edge, they all love using chairs and hurting each other, and somehow they get a pop because they use a chair? Is it just that people are just lazy, or... Is it just that why? Just why? In general. Really? The same gimmick? I feel like it's boring, lazy writing. I feel like there's no character development for any four of them. They don't have to be four Becky Lynch. They could be different, different characters. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, no, I don't think they have the same gimmick. Here's the thing. People just like watching wrestlers do cool stuff, yeah. and beating people up with weapons is cool. That's just what it is. In the, in the context of professional wrestling, you take a chair to somebody, that's neat. You take a kendo stick, uh, 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 a ladder, whatever the case may be, you produce a weapon, you hit someone with it, it's going to get a reaction from the crowd. Uh, Character-wise, no. Gimmick-wise, no. Not the same. Has Becky used a chair since like her fighting Ronda? She did. Yeah. At Extreme Rules. Did she I take it to Lacey Evans? Think so, yeah. Okay. All right. Chairs are cool. Yeah. Kendo sticks are cool. Yeah. That kind of stuff is neat, and I like to see that. So, no, I don't, I don't think it's all the same gimmick. I don't think somebody with Edge, I think that's a very general thing. And I don't, I don't think that they all have the same gimmick. Because look at their motivation. Bailey did what she did because she has her best friend back. She's backing up Sasha because mm-hmm. they're best friends for now. Let's see, kayfabe-wise, that changes a few months down the line. Uh, Becky, when she turned heel, um, she did it because she was tired of being overlooked. Completely different motivation. Yeah. Um, you can well no you can even break down their characters in basically one sense. I mean Becky Lynch, she is uh, up until recently she's been the overlooked, uh, underappreciated chip on her shoulder, stone cold type who's not taking crap from anyone. Now yes. she just wants to fight, right? Yeah. Um, Charlotte, the queen of all eras. Yeah. She is the the one who's got the she's the she's got the family. It's in her blood. She's got the pedigree. She's the chosen one. Pretty right? much. Uh, you got Bailey. 
who is is supposed to be the role model. Mm-hmm, yeah. Who just was, we saw on SmackDown this past week saying, you know, what better lesson to teach the kids out there than loyalty? Mm-hmm, yeah. So even though she, in some people's eyes, turned heel, she's still doing it in her mind as a role model. Yeah. And then you got Sasha the boss. Yeah. You've got, she's like, you know. She just looks one. out for herself. Exactly. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. So no, they own the same characters. They own the same gimmick. They just, people, people like watching wrestlers do cool stuff. Absolutely. Next. Oh, got a question from Loki. Loki. Larson Libre champ. Loki. Ow, heck yeah. Hello, Steven Larson. Loki Richard here, your Larson Libre champion with this week's Matt Chat question. By the time that you'll be filming this, we'll have been evacuated due to Doran. So my Matt Chat question for you this week is, power rank the best natural disaster wrestlers. So that would be Texas Tornado, the Hurricane, Typhoon, and Earthquake. Have fun debate. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Loki. And congratulations, Loki. Uh, so here we go. Avalanche and Earthquake, same person, John Tenta. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that dude is two natural disasters all in one. True. What's worth, Larson? What's worse, Larson? An Earthquake or an Avalanche? Earthquake. Avalanche is pretty localized, generally. If you're not in a mountain, you have to worry about an Avalanche. Yeah, but here's the thing. I've survived an Earthquake. I'm not sure I could survive an Avalanche. Okay. Something to think about. <laughs> this is something to think about. Next. Lightning Mike Quackenbush. Good. Did you know that... Lightning is hotter than the center of the sun. Wow. I don't know if that's true or not. I think I read it somewhere, but I might have misread it. That didn't seem right. Uh, next up, WCW Thunder. Not a wrestler. There's a, there's a lot of wrestlers on that show. What are you but talking it, about? It, 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 it's a show. It itself is not a, it's not a wrestler. Here's a wrestler. Steve Thunder. It's a fake wrestler. <laughs> Says you. He just won WWE Universal Championship. In universe mode. And then he got, yeah, well, you know what? Just because it's not in this universe doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And then, of course, kind of does. Rainmaker Okada makes it rain. Rain itself isn't a natural disaster. Can be. It can be, but it's not necessarily by itself. It can definitely be. If there's nothing but rain coming down all day long, showering yes. down. The flood, yeah, I understand. The flood is a natural disaster, but the rain itself. What causes the flood, Larson? Okay. Well, then. many things that cause the flood rain, dam breaking, levees breaking. Anyways, here it is. Here it is. Number one. I got the best wrestler on my list. Tommy Rich. Nickname Wildfire. Uh, you look at it. It's not a natural disaster if a human being causes it. Lightning can cause wildfires too. So can people. Yeah. Yeah. People's can cause, people can cause floods too, man. People's can cause floods. Yes, they can. Uh, you look at his, I looked at his Wikipedia page. He won a ton of titles. So he's number one on my list. <laughs> Two, Lightning Kid, better known as X-Pac. Yeah, but he's not Lightning Mike Quackenbush. You know, he's got like videotapes and books about how to be a better pro wrestler. Yeah, no, it's cool. What does X-Pac have? Podcast. He's got a really good podcast. I like X-Pac. Uh, next, Kerry Von Eric, the Texas Tornado. That's a good one. However, how often does Texas get tornadoes? I don't know. This is a fictional natural disaster. Natural disaster. Let's find out. Uh, and then uh, you got to go with the, the hurricane. And then I got Earthquake and Typhoon. Let's see. Yeah, hurricanes are terrible. At least eight tornadoes confirmed in North Texas area. Go. Yeah, North Texas could All be. in one go? That could be. In May of this year? Oh, my goodness. Texas tornado is a very real thing. Yeah, there you go. Confirmed. All right. There well, you go. Definitive list. It's a good, good couple of lists there. Next, I, do, the- I do like mine, though, because it's got one person who's both an avalanche and an earthquake. Yeah. You, can, you might survive an earthquake. You might survive an avalanche. But good luck surviving them both at the same time. True.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Next question from the enforcer, Stevie Bradley. Man, this FPOS... This just roll the tape. You'll see. Oh, jealous, jealous. I am. Hey, friendos, it's the Enforcer coming to you live from Barstow, next to the Friendo Mecca. Well, where's that? Del Taco. Um, I feel like a, an FPOS right now because I ate a lot of good food. I wouldn't expect it to be that good, but since I got you guys here, question: um, Power rank. FPOS is in this great sport of professional wrestling that we are fans of. Give me five of them. Right now, I feel like number one or two. All right, guys. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. On the road again. Thank you, Enforcer. You know the F stands for? You know what the F stands for? Stevie Bradley? Full. Yeah. And fantastically fed. If you ever find yourself in Barstow, California, oh. do yourself a favor and go oh, to Mecca. The original Del Taco. Who would have thought Frendo Mecca is in Barstow? Yeah. That's weird. Who would have thought? Anyways, Larson, he's asking us about the top five fat piece of shits in wrestling. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say this. Number one, the grandfather of the FPOS symbol, the rib tape DDP. Yeah, the one here's, who made it famous. Yep. Here's the thing. You, you don't have to be physically overweight to be a fat piece of shit. All you got to do is wear rib tape. I know that because I have Chuck Taylor on my Twitter feed. Yes. Next. The current day FPOS, Adam Cole, baby, he wore rib tape. Well, it is his given name after all. <laughs> and that's his actual given According name. To According Chuck to Taylor. Chuck Taylor. Yes. Fat piece shit's his, his actual name. Uh, another FPOS, Ralphus. I don't want to see somebody's exposed belly. That's disgusting to me. That shows me just how much of an FPOS somebody is. Ralphus. Hopefully he's not dead. I'd feel bad if he was dead. Another guy who liked to expose his FPOSness, the Blue Meanie. He used to wear a little cutoff shirt. Yeah, we, we saw him at a at a at Starcast. He seemed like he seemed really pleasant. Oh, he seemed like a great guy. Yeah, fat piece shit. All right. And then finally, JBL, who has the unique distinction of being both mentally and physically at one point a fat piece of shit because he was a dick. He used to like beat up Blue Meanie there and ECW yeah. like legitimately. Yeah, he did that once. And he seems like kind of a, a jerk, but then he also seems like a good guy at the same time. He does all sorts of cool humanitarian stuff. Right? It's weird. I tell you, man. It's so weird. People and are, nowadays, people he are looks complex. like he's in good shape. People are complex, man. Uh, he's the most complex person there is. Because how can somebody be the same guy who wore a cowboy hat and cowboy boots and nothing else in the shower and started slather, uh, lathering up Edge with soap. In his butt crack, right? As a hazing ritual thing. And then goes to places and builds schools. Right? Humans are complex beings, man. I keep oh telling you that. God. And he's like a financial genius. Yeah. Man. Uh, here, I got uh, Seth Rollins, most recent FPOS. Oh, he, yeah. He's probably prime at this point. Right now. Prime FPOS. And I read this story on a message board on how true it is. This is great. Carlito. Oh, wow. Apparently, at one point, he That's wore rib tape because he was a bit out of shape. He wanted to cover up his tummy. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, next, Jericho. He's got the distinction of kind of being FPOS, but you can still see his abs. 
Yeah, that's and that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. How does that work? Someone's got a big belly and they've got abs on it. I don't it? know. Uh, maybe the the top FPOS of all time, Haystacks Calhoun. Oh yeah. Tipping the scales over seven hundred pounds, oh, I believe. My God, that's way too much. And then finally, Hulk Hogan. Oh wow. He wore rib tape during his match against King Kong Bundy at Mania yeah, okay. Two, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the F and FPOS can stand for fat or it can stand for wow effing. Wow, because he was also like, come on, he was like, you know, holding people down, politics, backstage stuff, hidden tapes. I forgot one important name, Adam Mayhem. <laughs> Maybe if that FPOS had gotten in better shape to take on the immaculate H champion Simon Miller, he'd still have that title. I'm glad he didn't. Fair enough. All right, next from Patrick Sparks. B-Man. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right. If you could interview any five wrestlers that have passed away, who would you choose? What would you talk to them about? What would you ask them? And why? On the flip side, who are five wrestlers that have passed away that you wouldn't want to interview? Um, and why not? Thanks, Rendos. Bye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. So, oh, uh, I go first this time. You go first. Dead um, people you would or would not want to interview. Would. Bruno. Agreed. His story just seems absolutely amazing. It does. And I stole that answer from you. That's okay. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Agreed. Uh, Macho Man. Agreed. Bobo Brazil. Of course, absolutely. And then uh, Ricky Dozen. Do, I do not know how to speak his language. Japanese? Do you know if he knew how to speak English? I don't know. Be very difficult. Because here's how it goes. You've got a Ouija board. And you you're know, able there's a, to communicate. No, it, how There's no translator there, man. Well, I would, How are you going to use a translator? I would do it if there was an interpreter there. What if there's not? What if then I guess I can't do the interview. Via spectral means. Ouija board. Let me ask you something. Okay. Yes, it's fun getting on your nerves. Is that what you're going to ask? No. Me? So uh, this is all based on ghost shows I've seen. So oh, God. the Ghost Adventures crew will be in some other country. I thought you were going to be rating me for a second. And Instead, you're going to be asinine. Awesome. Yeah. So they go to some foreign country, <laughs> and they're doing an investigation, and they get an EVP that's clearly in English. So do ghosts, this is being like a ghost a universal language? Yeah. Like you, be, you died and, and you're, you got total unified knowledge of all languages? Uh, Explain that to me. It's all, that's all, that's all a work, brother. <laughs> that's the correct answer. Uh, two, I would definitely not want to interview Ultimate Warrior. Oh my God. Yeah. And then Chris Benoit. Yeah. Yeah, Warrior definitely. Benoit would be interesting because if, if all of that stuff that he did was because of his like messed up brain, maybe when you die and you go to the next world, your brain is like healed. And maybe he was like, oh my goodness. He I'm, could reflect on yeah. what caused him to do those horrible, horrible things. Yeah, as he's burning in the fires of hell. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so the only do on my list that's not uh, Bruiser Brody. He was on my do list for a while too. I know you took my do list. I would say this Bruiser Brody. Who did it? We already know who did it. <laughs> Don't we? It was Invader. Wasn't yes. It? Was it? Yeah. Well, couldn't you use that in court? <laughs> well, I mean, like the prosecution didn't subpoena like Tony Atlas or uh, 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 anybody else. He'd come down and say Any of the witnesses. Woo! Or they did, and like the, the, the summons came late. Is there double jeopardy in uh, Puerto Rico? Oh, no, no. obviously not. Yeah. No. 
that's a federal thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's all. That's the only question I have for you, Bruiser. He's like, oh wow. But you know who did it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's very controversial. You've talked about it. And my only don't would be fabulous Mula, because she seemed like a piece of shit. <laughs> Are we past light profanity now? Are we going to have to check the other one? Yeah, we're going to have to move it. This is going to be limited ads, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right, we got another match chat question here from Renegade Soul. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys, it's the Renegade. I'm uh, going incognito from the Twitter police, so I can't stay on for too long. Question is, with the unlikely pairing of Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn, what are the unlikely pairings that looked good on paper but didn't really pan out. Inversely, what is a underappreciated um, tag team or faction that on paper didn't seem like a good idea but it ended up being great? Thank you, Renegade Soul. Thank you, Renegade Soul. Steve, go ahead. All right, man, some unlikely pairings that seemed good on paper. But didn't work out. Well, they all ne- none of them happened. Uh, yeah, so these are my answers because these all seem good on paper, but none of them actually happened. But we heard about the possibility of them happening. Uh, I remember back in the day when we used to read scoops.net, the dirt sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, big show joining DX. Never happened. Sound like a great idea. Hardy's, Hardy's joining Hard- DX. Yeah, I never liked that idea, though. No. I never liked that. Because they already got one classic tag team in DX, and that was Road Dogg and what's-his-face, Billy Gunn. Yeah, New Age Outlaws. That's However, this person would be perfect in DX. Val Venix. Val Venus. Val Venix. <laughs> yeah, they changed the name to Val Venix. Val Venix. He was always, you know, he was all about the hog, and they were all, always talking about suck it and the yeah. hot dog gags yeah. and showing their assholes on TV. Mm-hmm. Val Venix, he'd be good. He'd have, like, a green towel. Yeah. You know. And then, uh, of course, also... Cassisono being in the shield. Yeah. Looks good on paper. Never worked out. Never did. Literally. Never did. What do you got? Uh, you got a good answer here. I have like a legit answer. Um, Cesaro being a Paul Heyman guy. Yeah. On paper, that made all the sense. The problem was timing was bad. Yeah. Um, this was after uh, Cesaro won the first Andre Battle Royal at Mania. Mm-hmm. And so he was. he had like a lot of face heat behind him. And then the next night on Raw, he comes out with Heyman. Kind of turns heel. Yeah. And seemingly had no direction whatsoever. Cesaro is the guy who works best when he's just being himself. He doesn't need to be a heel or a face. Just be guy who does crazy awesome stuff, feats of strength in the ring. And he's just terrific, man. He's just terrific. Yep. He don't need no Paul Heyman. Yep. All right. We have a text question here from Blake Whitehouse. Uh, he says, hi, Steven Larson. I'm not feeling well right now, so I'm doing a text question for, May, for Matt Chat instead of video. My question for you two is, what does AEW have to do in order to avoid a similar situation like TNA did when they kept giving Jeff Jarrett the belt? It will always come off as really sketchy to me for a company to crown people with power as their champions, and AEW should be no exception. Thank you. Uh, Who goes first? You can. Okay. I would say this. Uh, Address it directly in story that i mean look they they made it perfectly well known that the you know the bucks kenny and cody are all vps evps whatever so what you'd want to do is either 
address it fully within the story. Like Cody's been really good lately. It's sort of his stories have been very they've been very plot heavy, you know? Uh so you'd want it out there so that everybody knows what the deal is. And I'm not talking about they use their authority to do X, Y, and Z. I think that's why they have these these uh, uh, the records, the win-loss records, is because you know then you won't have authority figures coming in saying, oh, well, we're going to put this guy who nobody cares about it. So you want to make it, you want to basically be sort of transparent with your storytelling. Um, and then another thing, just, just read the crowd. If the crowd... If it's obvious that the Young Bucks should be competing for a tag championship, which they probably should be, and the crowd is into it, then just roll with it. It's okay. You can totally do that. Um, I have full faith that the Young Bucks understand, and Cody, that the more people that are popular in their organization, the more money everybody makes. So I really doubt that they would end up booking themselves into oblivion or, or you know, just so over the top that that would become an issue. They're going to want to elevate private party, best friends, dark order. Uh, but in the meantime, if you're reading the crowd and you're still putting on the best matches because of like what the crowd is saying, chances are they're going to want to see you as champions. So don't shy away from it. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, all they got to do is just not constantly put the belts on their executive vice presidents. Um, well, everything you said is right. I feel like uh, all their EVPs right now, not electric voice phenomena, executive vice president. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cody, Young Bucks, Kenny, they all kind of uh, can exist above titles for the near future. Um, I'd be shocked if the Young Bucks walked out of this tag team tournament with those tag titles. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd probably be LAX. They'd probably be my pick right now. Or XLAX. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they, 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 have, they have names now. What is it? Pride and... Proud and pride, proud and something. It's 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 not good. It's not it's not, it's not that great. Um, the first of the, of them to probably win the title will probably be Kenny. Yeah, since he's kind of the the hottest name. Proud and powerful. Uh, yeah, that's not good. It's not. Sandia yeah, Santana underscore PNP, and it says proud and powerful. Yeah. That's... Anyways. What, what matters is what they can do in the ring. Yeah, maybe they'll speak PNP. PNP. All right. Um, XLAX or Miralax. Yeah. Yeah, XLAX is, was my favorite. Um, just don't, just don't have them constantly in the title picture. Yeah, sure. Just don't have them constantly with championships. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of talent. Spread the titles around. If it makes sense story-wise, put a belt on somebody, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. It. I mean, though, at a certain point, they'll all be champions in their own promotion. Kenny should be. Look, here's the thing. I wonder if if maybe they should have kept the Kenny as employee as EVP thing under wraps. Kenny really should be their next champion. Kenny should have been fighting Jericho for the championship in that in the main event. That that really should have happened. And hindsight's everything. I know that that's one thing they need to be careful about. Is is looking at your friends, looking at guys like Hangman and, and think to yourself, okay, is this really the smart way to go? Is this the way to go? Um, what they're doing is not easy. It's mm-hmm. a very ambitious thing what they're mm-hmm. doing. There will be missteps. Oh, yes. Um, so all we can hope is that they learn from them. Yep. Uh, got a couple more text questions. Next from Luis Ariza. Create the best possible card only using wrestlers who are no longer with us. Uh, this is what I got. Main event, Macho Man versus Eddie Guerrero. Oh. Ten-star match. Great. Uh, I got Masawa versus Vader. I don't know if they ever wrestled each other in Japan. Mm-hmm. If not, I want to see it. Sure. 
And if they did, I still want to see it. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rude versus Mr. Perfect. I like it. They're I'm best sure. friends. Yep. They're best friends. Uh, China versus Sherry Martel. Before Sherry was a well-known uh, manager, she was a wrestler. Okay. And then uh, Brian Pillman versus Owen Hart. That's a good one. Hart Foundation members. All right. So a lot of the same names are on my card as well. It's just sort of the matchups are a little bit different. I'm going to go with uh, two of the best in-ring competitors, two guys who can put on immaculate matches. Macho Man versus Mr. Perfect is my main event. Uh, I'm going to go with China versus Vader. Interesting. That's something I'd love to see. China, come on. Interesting. Eighth wonder of the world. Yeah. And taking on Vader. Boy, oh boy. Uh, give me Eddie Guerrero versus Owen Hart. I think that'll be a classic matchup. That might have actually happened at some point in the past. Uh, Brian Pillman versus Chris Benoit. But, you know, Chris Benoit is no longer with us. I'm hoping that when he died, his brain got, his spiritual brain got fixed and he's no longer murdering scumbag anymore. Uh, Rick Rude versus Gorgeous George. Pretty sure Gorgeous George is dead, right? Probably a long probably, time ago. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Orville Brown versus Farmer Burns. A couple of NWA champions. Yeah. And then I got Vader, another Vader match Ross, versus Zandig. Wait. Yeah. You sure about Zandig? What? He's a deathmatch guy, right? He died. That doesn't mean he's passed away. No. Oh. No. I just thought it'd be funny to put Zandig in there. Yeah. I like when uh, you make a Zandig reference. One last text question from the Howdly Dooley champs. Um, says, so you guys can recreate the theft of Jericho's AEW belt as an Ocean's Eleven style heist movie with Vince playing the leader, the Clooney role, the Sinatra role. Vince is Clooney? This is, this is the premise of the question, man. This would require Vince recruiting his group, Vince making the plan, then rewriting it mater, minute, minutes before the start. And does this plan work smoothly? Of course mm -hmm. not. Be sure to include wrestlers as his group and add the usual Vince quirks this is my group okay so you got vince mm -hmm. you got triple h is the the brad pitt type okay so he's constantly eating yeah just like brad pitt was in the movies yeah sure. you got to have john cena on that team why can't see him oh he's a sneaky one yeah okay good uh you need uh, uh someone who's adept at escaping tight situations give me our truth okay good um uh, the miz Someone who could talk his way out of any situation. Okay, good. Uh, Ricochet. Mm -hmm. He's fast. Oh, yeah. Highly athletic. Okay. Um, Alexa Bliss. Again, talk her way out of any situation. Good. And finally, you need wild cards. Mm -hmm. Give me the OC. Okay. Okay, here we go. This is what I got. You're right about Triple H. Triple H, in my, see, in my book, uh, Vince would be more the uh, Andy Garcia role. Or Al Pacino, depending on which movie it is. I think. Didn't they kind of play the same thing? I only saw the first of the, the reboot. One guy was like, they're both top guy. Anyways, Vince is going to be Al Pacino. They're trying to rip him off. So Vince is playing Tony Khan, I guess. <laughs> they're okay. stealing this AEW okay. title? Okay. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Anyways, Triple H is clearly the George Clooney here. So you have Ms. Brad Pitt. I have Ms. George Clooney. All right. He's the guy recruiting the team. All right. That's how it is in real life. That's what he's doing. So we're going to go with all Triple H guys. Kevin Owens is clearly... The, uh, the Brad Pitt of the group. That's Kevin Owens. Like you said, always eating. Kevin Owens, bit of a portly fella. So that's him. Then he's got the Undisputed Era all with him. They all do various stuff. I guess Adam Cole, no. Adam Cole would be like the, uh, the, the Matt Damon character, maybe? And then Kyle, I don't know. Oh, you should have Seth Rollins. He should be the Matt Damon type character. Uh, no, I don't like Seth. And then you got Finn Balor in there. I mean, Seth is pretty much like top Triple H guy. Finn Balor's real. He can have a gun because he does this. And then you got Asuka, 
and Shinsuke Nakamura. And uh, they could be like, you know, talking to each other about their plans and what they're going to do. And it's like the comedic scene when like nobody knows what they're saying because they don't speak the language. And then they go and pull off something miraculous and they're like, hey, cool. Because that scene's in like every movie. Kind of is. <laughs> it's like the standard convention right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's my movie. I, th- I kind of like my movie. I'll be honest with you. Fine. Mine's good. Make your movie then. I'll make my movie. We have in there. We know how it ends. Belt found the side of the road. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for the show. Thank you, all the patrons who submitted questions. And you, too, can get your question here on Matt Chat. Sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $20 a month to get you on the show. That's it. Yep. Thanks so much for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.